Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is The Daily DC. It was an abrupt about-face. President Trump going from claiming total authority over the states in reopening the economy to conceding to the constitutional reality that the states call the shots. When somebody's the president of the United States, the authority is total. And that's the way it's got to be. The authority is total. The governors are going to be opening up their states. They're going to declare when. They're going to know when. Some can open... Very, very shortly, if not almost immediately, we're counting on the governors to do a great job. Others are going to have to take a longer period of time until they're in a position to say we're ready to go. And that's okay. We understand that. This, as the states and the federal government begin searching for a plan to open up the country and a caution that Americans may be living in a new normal. Here to help us break down all of that are CNN chief legal analyst Jeffrey Tubin and CNN national security analyst Juliette Kayyem. Thank you both for being here. Really appreciate it. Hi, David. Thank you for having us. Jeff, let me begin with you. What's your reading of the 10th Amendment of the Constitution in terms of states having the right to protect its citizens and and for governors to actually dictate how and when uh, they're going to reopen their governments versus the president's initial claim of total authority to do so? Well, you know, David, the Constitution is full of ambiguities and open questions and uh, subjects for debate. This happens not to be one of them. I mean, this is one area where it is just absolutely clear that you know, what, what is sometimes called the police power, which is sort of the general supervisory power over the states, belongs to the states. The, the whole concept behind the Constitution is that the federal government has delegated powers. The Constitution delegates certain powers um, to each branch of government. And, like, you know, people are familiar with the interstate commerce. Is, it can be regulated by the federal government. But the idea of, you know, sort of emergency powers over opening and closing governments is uh, or closing the economies, that is, within states, is clearly within the governor's power, the state's power. And, and I think Trump's uncharacteristic surrender on this issue, because he never likes to admit ever that he's wrong, is, is indicative of just how clear this question was. Yeah, I was uh, quite surprised, actually, that he walked back as quickly as he did. You're right to describe it uh, as uncharacteristic. That is certainly true. Although I guess in trying to save face, he used some language that he would authorize the governors to do this. I mean, there's no that that's not going to happen either. Right, Jeff? I mean, there just isn't a role for him in terms of the mechanics. I don't want to overstate. I mean, you know, when the president of the United States says things and says, for example, it's safe to start opening businesses again, that has influence because he is the president. 
Uh, but as a technical legal matter, it has no bearing on whether uh, the governors do that and all. And I suppose, uh, like everything else in, in, in governmental life these days, you know, it, there will be a partisan split that the, the Republican governors will use this as more of a green light, whereas uh, the Democratic governors who are now sort of working in consortiums in many parts of the country, certainly in the East and the West, um, will say, thank you very much, but we're going to do our own uh, due diligence about when it's safe um, to open our to, to open up the state again. Right. We haven't seen all Republican governors go lockstep that way. There are some examples of folks sort of taking different cues than the ones from the president. And obviously, I totally agree with you. Obviously, the president of the United States is hugely influential. It's why it was so critical when you heard from Fauci and Burks initially moving him off of that initial 15 day period to the extended 30 additional day period of this social distancing. I mean, that was all coming from uh, the all important megaphone of, of the White House. Juliet, I, can you give our listeners a little insight into uh, from your work, just how in moments like this, the federal government and the states uh, work together, the importance of that relationship and why, if there are bumps in the road in that relationship, it could be really problematic. Right. No, that's that's great. So I served um, at both as a state homeland security advisor. So I represented um, for Massachusetts and worked for Governor Deval Patrick and then served as assistant secretary for intergovernmental affairs at the Department of Homeland Security, which is essentially the state, local and don't forget territorial and tribal point of contact for the department. So I'm quite familiar with this uh, debate. And it's it's not a legal debate, as Jeff, I think, correctly points out um, that there is really no good argument for what uh, Donald Trump was saying. But I think its danger is also in its operational fallacy. In other words, the way it works in most crises, uh, in all crises, is uh, we, we say local execution, state management, uh, federal supports. So there's no question about it. The federal government can be delayed. You know, it's that's not surprising. But what's not question is that basic framework. And I think that's. I often think that that uh, President Trump not only has a sort of you know autocratic bent, but I also think he just d doesn't get basic. Um, training. You know, in other words, no one ever sits down with him and says, okay, here, or maybe they do and he ignores it, but here's how crisis management works. It's not rocket science. I, I, I love what I do, but I'm willing to admit, you know, this isn't, this isn't like trying to create a vaccine, you know, like it's just, it, it's just, it's just like a basic planning model. Um, and so, um, and so the governor's pushback wasn't just a legal one. It was like, you know what? On the ground, you're irrelevant. I mean, th those kinds of statements are irrelevant. Yeah. And Julia, what about Jeff's point um, that we are we have seen actually already and we are likely to continue to see now as the conversation begins about how the economy begins to reopen in, in some areas when partisanship is injected into a process like this. And, and we did. Ron DeSantis is a perfect example in Florida. Even Governor Abbott was very late in Texas. There were Republican governors following President Trump's initial cues, despite what some of their local mayors were pleading for and needing. And, um, and in terms of the reopening, we may see some of that as well. So when partisan politics gets injected into a process like this, how how does that uh, unity of effort, as you described it, how does it absorb that? So generally, uh, what you can count on, and this is what's so 
unique, I guess is a nice way of saying it about the president's posture, is uh, you can always count on politics in a disaster in the United States. And, and that's okay, right? I mean, we're a democracy. It's going to play out. So we're entering a really, I think, an incredibly uh, scary time, not for the responsible governors, uh, but but because of the irresponsible governors. In other words, because they're going to let people out too early. So the president, who's so keen on opening up, is in fact the reason why our long recovery, because it's going to be a long one, um, is going to be slower than um, it ought to be. Jeff, what about Juliet's point? It's not that politics is never absent in these kinds of things. And as you noted earlier, you see some of that beginning to be a play as it comes to this reopening. Do you believe that uh, Donald Trump is viewing the states that need attention or help in the recovery through a partisan lens? Well, look, I, I mean, I, I you know, I, I am never uh, hesitant to, to criticize the president, but all politicians, especially those yeah. heading for reelection, you know, are looking for looking for support uh, from the voters and looking to be thought of as having done a good job. The problem, as as Juliet points out, is that, you know, for the short term boost of saying May 1st is the date. Um, it may be counterproductive. It may actually increase the danger and extend the crisis. I mean, that's the problem with, as Juliet said again, focusing focusing on the date as opposed to the conditions that uh, that would allow the reopening. The political issue, you know, is really in many respects. I mean, you know. Facts matter. You know, the politics, you know, you can talk your way around certain problems, but if people are dying and continuing to die, that is not something you can talk yourself around. And, you know, the the short-term boost of saying May 1st may not even be good politics if it doesn't lead to, you know, improved health outcomes and business outcomes. So even with improved health outcomes, I just want you to hear Uh, what Gavin Newsom, governor of California, has now put forth as um, beyond uh, all of the information that we're going to look for in order to all the metrics you described in order to turn the economy back on. When we do get to reopening society a little bit, it may look very different for quite some time. Uh, We talk about what the new normal will look like. As I said, uh, normal it will not be, uh, at least until we had herd immunity uh, and we have a vaccine. Uh, because as someone like yourself that looks forward to going back out and having dinner, as the doctor said, uh, you may be having dinner uh, with a waiter wearing gloves, maybe a face mask, a dinner where the menu is disposable, uh, where the tables, half of the tables in that restaurant uh, no longer appear, where your temperature is checked before you walk in to the establishment. These are likely scenarios as we begin to process the next phase. So, uh, Juliet, should America be prepared for a new normal? Will society uh, ever look like it once did? It will. So this is this is where we are. And this is the brutal truth of where we are Uh, in normal crises. uh, A recovery occurs after the threat is gone. So think of a hurricane, a tornado, an earthquake. You find the dead, you pick up the debris uh, and you rebuild. Uh, What we are about to experience in the United States is like nothing we have ever experienced before. The recovery, this opening up in fits and starts, it's not an on off switch, will be occurring simultaneous 
with the threat still existing, right? The virus is still going to be around, and it will be around until we get a vaccine, not just the identification of the vaccine, but the distribution of the vaccine. Remember, we can find it, right? But we got to manufacture and distribute that thing globally. So this is why people are now talking about 18 months or two years. Now, here's the good news. We're going to have much better tools to live with, manage around, exclude, box in, use whatever words you want. We're going to have much better tools to live with the vaccine. I mean, excuse me, the the um, the virus uh, will hopefully have better testing and, and tracing. We'll have uh, a, a better temperature uh, uh, tests. We will have treatments that which I'm actually quite optimistic about, like Tamiflu for the flu. So someone who has it won't go into respiratory failure. Uh, but but we will change the way we live um, and we will have to. And that's everything from the way we're going to work in terms of, uh, uh, you know, if, if three employees at a retail facility uh, test positive, that company is going to have to close that store. This is actually the kind of advice I give companies. If a school has the same, we're going to get used to schools or school districts closing for periods of time. And on the social level, the calculation each of us is going to make individually, assuming that, um, you know, and I, I want to be clear here, there are a lot of people who are going to hurt really bad a lot in this country. So so they're the primary focus. But for, for those who are able to go back to work, make an income, things like going to restaurants, going to uh, sports, um, you know, going to concerts, all of that has changed or been eliminated. You know, I, I was watching Elizabeth Warren endorsed... Uh, Joe Biden today, and she had this, you know, very sort of standard campaign video with lots of clips of Joe Biden campaigning. And if you look at how Joe Biden campaigns, it's entirely physical. It's, you know, arms around people. And, you know, he's gotten some criticism for this, but just sort of independent of that, you know, shaking people's hand and giving, you know, men bro hugs and things like that. That's over. That's never going to happen during, you know, during this election. We should not be talking about recovery in the United States. We should be talking about adaptive recovery because that's what is going to be until the vaccine is around. Every day we'll be adapting to, right, another into both where is where is the virus, right, in our community? Is it here? But also our own risk assessments. For me to go to a restaurant. Right. You know, and then there's going to be precautions and people will be wearing masks and there'll only be half tables, whatever. It's going to be every single time a risk calculation. I have three kids. I, you know, and, and, and I hope to live a long time. I can probably go to restaurants less in the next 18 to 24 months. And you said, you know, David, you said the new normal. I've gotten to call it um, uh, the now normal because uh, I think that every day will be different. It will be now, right? In other words, today or whatever day when we start to open up, that's the normal. It's a really hard thing to get our heads around, uh, but I think, I, th I think trying to fight it is more dangerous because that is when uh, we let our guard down, and that is when uh, a virus with no known vaccine so far comes back. Such an important point. I mean, in our poll last week, we saw 60% of Americans said they would not be comfortable uh, returning to their normal routine, e even if uh, restrictions were lifted after April 30th. So it, it's gonna, it is going to take some time. Jeffrey, Juliet, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you. A special thanks to our listeners as well. Remember, we publish a new episode every weeknight, so please subscribe on your favorite podcast app. While you're there, consider leaving a rating or a comment. It helps people find the show. 
And if you want to tweet about this podcast, please do so using the hashtag TheDailyDC. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll see you tomorrow. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number Smart Beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 Smart Bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So, you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.